This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a new day in the workroom, and it's getting a bit crowded in here. I know. Got too many hoes up in this place. <laughs> yeah, we need to start getting some bitches out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be chatting about, we're, we're writing a third, we're adding a third leaf to our wonderful, happy Clover family um, with Dragula, Canada and now Italy uh, mm. joining the fold. Um, and we have a very special guest, jo- guest joining us to chat a little bit about um, about Dragula. Lavender Queen, one of the spooky, kooky gothic queens from Dublin. Yeah, we'll be chatting Italy later on, uh, uh, but we're going to open up by chatting about the Sinners Ball in this week's Drag Race Canada. But before we do so, we want to say hello to our new subscribers to the workroom. Welcome in, have a seat, pull up a pew to Kristen Peck, Binky Nuduveen, Auntie, oh, I should have practiced this surname, Gurkovich, and Grace O'Connor. So thank you for supporting us and welcome to the workroom. We love to see it. We love to see it. So let's jump into the Sinners Ball. Time is of the essence. We have a lot to talk about. So many queens to discuss, so little time. The Sinners Ball has reminded me that the thing I loved about Canada season one the first time was that the producers are fantastic. I think when we started talking about the season, I was like, but where's the Priyanka? Where's the Lemon? Where's the Jimbo? The people I love. I still don't think we have them in this season yet. But actually what makes the series in Excel is that the producers are, are really, really good. I thought the mini challenge was great. And then just the seven deadly sins theme of the ball, I thought was a stroke of genius. Oh my God, yes, chef's kiss. I absolutely loved that. And I like. I have to say, some of the looks turned in this in this ball overall in every category were like just spectacular. Like I, I really could like it was split. You could see how it was splitting hairs to put anyone in the bottom. Really, mm. like there was some people who were just fantastic. I do think that we are struggling to find personalities that are kind of you know shining through like there's no real and we'll talk about this a bit in Italy as well for me like you know Priyanka Carmen Ferrara in um in Spain the likes of Cedrigine and in in Holland kind Mm. of the characters that walk in and instantly you're drawn to I don't think that anyone has really established themselves in that role yet and in fact I would go so far as to say Cynthia Kiss was probably the closest to it for me yeah me too um (laughs) <laughs> and now she's gone <laughs> yeah but it's it's like again and I feel like I say this every week it's like I was like okay it's the ball and I was thinking who's gonna win who does well I mean they all do well and then I was like maybe Geometric or Cynthia could do well I guess but it was like and obviously Cynthia went home uh, or no, Pythia I thought could also do well and, and they did do well but it is very even across the board and I kind of do like them all but I just don't know how many I love if any. Well, I I had thought that Kimura was going to be in trouble because I thought that like their like aesthetic hadn't necessarily been an area that they were excelling in and yet again this week I'd say that the aesthetic wasn't an area that they excelled in but what they did excel in was telling amazing stories mm. and like really being a compelling performer. So I think it was kind of very interesting to see someone maybe kind of do so well in this challenge in a ball challenge 
but like through being able to like use their personality use their personal history to really tell like an evocative story through the ball rather than just being like amazing looks because i had anticipated that 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 kimura would be in trouble this week that that's who i had pegged as being and maybe kendall as well because i just haven't been overly impressed and kendall did end up in the bottom two as well Mm. but i hadn't really been overly impressed with what kendall had been have been doing fashion wise yeah um, but I think uh, Kimura gives you concept rather than fashion. Um, yeah. A bit like my fave Jan. And, but I think, you know, in this case, it wasn't just a kooky uh, concept. It was like it, all of them are undertone with this important statement about Tina Turner and black people originating rock and roll. Obviously, that slavery thing was like, you know, I don't know if anyone watched Strictly, but it was like that Rose and Giovanni death dance. It was just like a moment where earth stands still and you're just shook by what's being presented to you it was fantastic yeah absolutely now i didn't get i didn't read envy from the final look i read garden of eden which i guess is temptation but i but i was like you know what you've 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 the highlight of the season so far you're not going out i well actually weirdly because isn't the like snake the likes of the devil is envious of god and I don't know my scripture that well, I must admit, James. Hey, look, Bible basher James O'Hagan here to school you. Uh, no, I didn't necessarily, like, I thought that, I, I I understood the Garden of Eden, like, it made sense to me that Envy would be, like, a Garden of Eden reference, and I understood that link. But you are right, but I, I do think that Envy is probably one of the most difficult kind of like will be one of the most difficult ones to translate because there isn't kind of a necessarily a um like there isn't like an obvious reference that you yeah. could go for like there is for somebody and the, the box ones. was just filled with greens and foliage so i mean i think she was also scuppered by what was in her box yeah she was indeed um but i i liked the look she did manage to put together and i thought that having the snake and stuff on it as well like it, you know it, like there were there was lots of different ways that you could read it as like you know the snake insider is the like the anger and the enviness or whatever but i like yeah i her performances overall throughout this just really have like bumped her up to the like next level for me like i think that that she is someone now that i'd be very enthusiastic to see go much further in the competition. I would like to see her kind of get to the finale now. Whereas up until this point, I kind of hadn't necessarily seen her at that level, even though I really enjoyed her. Yeah, exactly. Who Whose Seven Deadly Sin look was your fave? Oh, like Isis, Isis 100%. That was absolutely unbelievable. I was like bowled away, blown away, bowled over, whatever the right thing is. Like it was like, I don't know, like sexy event horizon, just spectacular. Yeah, I guess for me, wrath is the deadliest sin of which the definition is the least unclear to me. I guess it's, I guess it's temptation, is it? And, and I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I see, I thought the concept she was going for, I was like, I don't know if ties in with wrath because I don't really know what wrath means. I was like, is it death? I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, I liked the concept. I thought it was great. But I think I think there was, a few, there was uh, I, uh, others I preferred more. Like I thought Pythia's gluttony, I thought was fantastic. And even Gia Sloth, I think I preferred slightly more than that. But it was very good. And I think for Isis, what was particularly good was the how it was so different to everything else she presented. You got to see that the, what, how it stood out differently. 
Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. We jumped right into talking about the the maxi challenge there with the runways, which actually which was the bulk of the episode. And with how many is there? Seven queens left, so twenty one yeah. looks to get through. So there was like there was a lot in there, and we actually haven't even um, talked about like any of the other categories really. But like it actually overall was definitely the best wholly formed episode of the season. And I really am starting to love Amanda Bruegel. I think that she is like a great addition to the to the judging panel. Yeah. I loved her energy in the mini challenge, the way she was able to like have fun with the girls. And like, you know, this idea of this painting you're in a saboteur and then having to do like kind of an artistic critique of it and then the burning it in the dumpster fire. Like it was just a fun challenge. It was referential to the thing itself. It kind of took a bit of the pit, like a kind of a tongue in cheek approach to it. Like, yeah, I couldn't really fault fault any of it. No, it was a good opportunity to improv and show your personality that in a way that wasn't, you know, humiliating or degrading. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like, <laughs> paint a nice picture, give us a nice spiel, give us a, a bit of a performance, and that's it. It's fine. We'll wrap it yeah. up. You know. Oh, this is, and this was a really strong um week for uh for for Isis and Adriana actually because I thought Isis's little speech when about like the inner saboteur was like was very funny yeah like where like when and when like her coat fell off and she's like there's my inner saboteur yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually the, the the first time I actually got to see a bit of a life and draw to vive from Isis because she's kind of been kind of stony faced or what we've seen from her anyway so yeah yeah, it, yeah I was like okay well if this is a character we're with for a while i'm glad i'm getting to see more of her yeah i kind of felt adriana was kind of hard done by on the main stage with lust because i don't really know what else you could have done lust like it has to be that right and she tried to or you know she tried to add to it and they you know i don't think she did a great job but they were like it's just uh negligee and i'm like yes but it's lust like what else I could it be? like we've seen but i i do like i do think that like it, you, like she tried. You said it yourself. You tried to add to it. She didn't do a great job. It's like, yeah, it is just negligee. So if she'd been able to add to us and done a good job of adding to us, or like kind of brought the concept in a different direction, like I mean, you know, lust could also be kind of like, uh, like she could have gone like a dominatrix road with it. Sure, you know, then she would have like, been upstaged by ISIS. Well, that's true. Or like really, really exaggerated the like sexual feature. So like had like really huge, huge, huge tits and enormous hips and kind of like really like exaggerated those kind of like, you know, like really exaggerated those sort of features or kind of even, you know, kind of done some sort of like, like thinking about it just there. I'm like doing some kind of like an OnlyFans kind of style of like, you know, kind of gag of like, you know, referencing that, that kind of like the kind of, you know, tempting you in to like, you know, getting you riled up in order to like use you to like, you know, there's yeah, lots of different things. That, what does that so. look like on the main, on the, on the runway? What, like take a phone out and take a picture of her tits? Yeah, <laughs> something like that, you know, or, you know, kind of even like, you know, kind of having like the having like black censored things over that like have something like, oh, you know, only seven ninety nine a month or you're, you know, like yeah. phone sex operator kind of stuff. Like there's lots of like different different things that could have been done to like bring to bring up more of a concept rather than just like, you know, a Valentine's Day negligee from Victoria's Secret. Mm. The shop, not the drag. Queen. I don't think a whole there's a whole amount extra she could have done. Yeah, I think the censor probably would have changed it. But if their critique is it's just a negligee, I don't really know what else she could have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, no. that is. Because it wasn't like it's a negligee, which is fine if you had a concept. It was just... It's just a negligee. 
I had to one thing I had to point out was um guest judge Gigi Gorgeous I really enjoyed. Yes. I thought that that she was an excellent addition to the panel. But when she was talking on the panel about the I think it was was a geometrics look with the um with the, the chewing gum. Yes. She said while they were in the process of rating the looks, she was like, I think that's one of the most underrated looks of the night. She was like, no, bitch, you are currently rating the looks. I noticed that as well. I was like, that's for us to say after the show. You can't say it here. Yeah, exactly. You can't can't claim whether this has been rated appropriately Mm. or not. You're still in the process of rating (laughs) it. Well, I re- I really enjoyed her. I actually thought that she 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 brought a lot to the judging panel as well, and like had very funny um had like very funny commentary. Seemed really natural and like and obviously it's like someone who's so well she's someone who is so well known, and you hear the name an enormous mm. amount as like kind of an influence. And I really had never bothered to like go and find out anything much more about her. So yeah. I was I actually um, didn't know she was Canadian. I hadn't realized that either. No. But then you realize that, like, the more you look into it, that all the attractive people in America are Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> That's the American <laughs> dream. They rob from their neighbors and yeah, they present ex- them as the ex- sexy people. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, whose uh, sex, drug, and rock and roll look was your favorite? Uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll look. God, can I think about who my actual favorite was? I did love Geometrics guitar. I thought it was brilliant. I did also really like the both Isis's. I loved Isis's look, and I also loved how the lengths they went to not say Gem and the Holograms, mm. but also to like let us know that that's what it was. Like I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I I would say that Kendall's was my least favorite of the of them. As yeah, well. I, I think Kendall you? was my least favorite pretty much across the board, apart from Cynthia's ugliest sin look because she looks so good. Uh, my favorite sex drug and rock and roll one was Pythia's kind of with the tattoos and the sort of purple mullet hair. I thought that was great, and I actually quite like. I know Cynthia Kiss gives me Alexis Rose a lot, so her in the snake skin, I was like. That's, you know, that's Alexis Rose going to a Kiss concert. And I, I quite yeah. like it, you know. So I was into that, but I guess it was a bit polished compared to the other ones. So I could see why the judges were so split in it, but I quite liked it. I thought it looked good. Yeah. And what about the ugliest sin? Well, we put Kimora aside because obviously she's 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 a wow factor. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Cynthia looked fantastic. Uh, so that was bad, therefore. So then I'd go for probably the gum dress. I mean, it was one of the most underrated looks of the night. It really was one of the most underrated looks of the night. Um, how dare they not in the in the moment? How, how dare they not rate it appropriately? <laughs> yeah. They had a chance. Uh, no, I love that. I also really loved Isis's look in in that. I thought that like the way the fabric fell, like it actually like it it was it was both like stunning and beautiful, mm. but also really tacky and awful. Um, I, overall, like Isis was my favorite of the night. Like just in every category, I think that she stormed it. Um, but you know who's fantastic, ugliest sin? Uh, Adriana gave us like that sort of crone. Oh my god! It was real Katya like, All Stars too. Like yes, it, the like the moment of that, the kind of like the weird like sort of like like run, but then like also like the the reveal of the boot. Yeah. Like, that the fact that they didn't like focus on that and say like that like boot reveal was just like. Like it was perfection. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really, really good. I have to say, I don't know if I was as wowed by ISIS as you were. Um, I think I probably would have chose Geometric to win personally, um, but she definitely did well. 
Like th- she yeah. she won the first episode as well, which was also a design challenge. Um, so she seems to this seems to be her category, all right. Uh, so there was a really interesting conversation about pronouns, which I thought was quite nice. I think it's it was really nice to have the humility of being like I don't get things right anymore, and I think sometimes for the queer community, especially on a platform like television, they they feel a pressure to know absolutely everything. So I thought that Kimora yeah. took the moment to be like, guys, I sometimes don't know everything. Catch me up. Uh, I yeah. feel she knew more than she presented because she was asked to bring that, that conversation I, that's up. That's what I was going to say. But it was I still was, a great I conversation. Was to, yeah, I was very much like, this felt like they were kind of told, right, we need to have a conversation about this. And, and she decided that was the best way to, br- to bring it up. Um, but yeah, like also I think it like probably what it demonstrated more more so than anything was the fact that you can ask a question mm-hmm. if you're... Like, I think it's it's a weird one because on the one hand... There is an awful lot of people who are like, you know, educate yourself. Don't expect me to fill to like fill you in on my experiences or the reasons or things. But then on the other hand, it is kind of like, you know, so don't ask a person to explain what non-binary is. But if you're unsure what way a person identifies, you can ask them. That. Yes. You know, like you don't make them responsibility responsible for your education on a subject, but do be polite enough to kind of inquire as to like what way a person identifies. Mm. And I think it was an interest. It also was a like I thought it was good to acknowledge the fact that you can be really embedded in the queer community and you can be really part of like the the queer activists and like be a really big part of it, but still also not be fully aware of every single aspect of it because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was a it was a, a very good conversation. And I wonder was it spurred by the producers when Eve left it was like, you know, I'm still repping for the non binary queens and they were like we were, which was like, oh is she non binary? Oh that never came up. We better <laughs> we better have a conversation with pronouns next week around mm. the mirror. Now yeah, we had yeah, our yeah. first lip sync from an artiste that isn't Canadian. But I mean, what an inspired choice. DJ Sammy, I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> I honestly, that brings me back to so many horrible nightclub experiences <laughs> in my youth. Uh, and I was right there for it. Um, That's the age difference I, between us because in my era, DJ Sammy was just a song that you'd pass from phone to phone via Bluetooth. It was never a club. I was too young to go to clubs at that point. So. <laughs> Uh, I have like a, this is a, I got, no, I'm not, no, not a story about this song. Okay. Never going to egg the person about who it may be or anything else. But Pink Training, if you're familiar with it as a concept, is a, um, is a, a, a university sort of a thing that the, like, like the LGBT societies in the various universities come together once a year in a location to like do some sort of, you know, kind of getting to know people and speaking about queer issues. And I was at my first pink training back many, many, many moons ago when DJ Sammy was being played in all of the nightclubs. And there was a person there. There was a, a girl there at the uh, at the pink training. And uh, after she was telling me the next morning, as that song came on the radio, she was like, last night I was on the dance floor when this song came on and a girl started kissing me and I started getting wet. And it was the first time I ever kissed a girl. And now every time <laughs> I hear that song, I think about that girl's first kiss when she got wet on the dance floor in a Galway nightclub so thank you very much to Drag Race Canada for bringing that back to me <laughs> we're all about the female sexual liberation I'm glad DJ Sammy is playing a part of that that you know wave yeah, exactly yeah I was mostly furious because I'd been too shy to talk to any boys that weekend so I didn't mm. kiss anyone on the dance floor oh no <laughs> uh, and I mean that's probably I, I imagine this song came about being like we have to have Brian Adams in there somewhere 
how do we get him in? Okay, let's do the DJ Sammy version of Heaven. We're sorted. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah, I kind of thought Cynthia should have won. Like, the nip slip for me was enough to send Kendall home, I thought. Um, But it was kind of even. But I wanted Cynthia to stay because I just think she's a star. I wanted... Yeah, I wanted Cynthia to stay as well. I mean, writing was on the wall. Third lip sync, kind of, it does tell you you're going a particular direction. Kendall, like, has had strong weeks as well. Um, Was a shame to see her go. Yeah. But, you know, um, hopefully other personalities will start shining through and we can become attached to them. And hopefully the quality level remains at this, Mm -hmm. in this place, in this place. Yep. Right. uh, We'll be back in a bit to chat about Dracula. Lavender, thank you so much for joining us to chat about Dragula. Let's kick off with just your relationship with Dragula versus other drag formats. Like what what compels you to the format mm, so much? Well, I suppose I my the kind of drag I do as well is a bit darker, a bit more spooky, mm-hmm. a bit more um not very opposite to pageant drag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and drag race drag. Um and I I love that Dragula has come out of the woodwork because I think with the explosion of drag race really hitting the mainstream. I'm really glad that we have we get to see other sides of drag in yeah. uh, in a formula, let's say, because I was getting yeah. very very bored with um, drag race, let's say, because mm. I just think it's 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 great. And it's, I love that we have the exposure to it, but I love that we can definitely see this other side of drag or the you know you look at drag race and it's you have Michelle saying this person's body wasn't right or you can't wear green or I don't like if you do this. It's like I, I love on Dragula. Well. We'll, we'll come to it. Maybe, you know, other seasons have been um, a lot more freer. I'm actually sensing this season is a bit more... Um, there's a few things that the Boulets have said that I'm like, mm, not quite sure yeah. they're agree with that, you know? Yeah. Okay. You can dive yeah, into I, that. But, hmm. it, is, it is, like, Dragula definitely allows for a much broader interpretation of what drag is, the way the fact that they've had uh, cis female performers on as, as both drag queens and drag kings, the fact that there's, like a real diversity of gender identities and gender expressions. Mm-hmm. The drag that's presented kind of is like ex- allowed to exist in whatever form it is. So like the fact that Dali has a very specific type of makeup and he does mm-hmm. that with every look that 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 is served, that kind of like, they're, they're not getting read for that then on the runway of yeah. like, oh, we need to change it up. We need to see you do. It's like, no, they they respect the the art that the particular artist does great. But I suppose as a show gets bigger, there, there is probably more kind of like sort of something gets created that like kind of this is now what the show needs to be. So maybe they they need to be careful to, I think, make sure that they cradle that, like allowing allowing the creativity yeah. to shine through. And um, because you're right, Drag Race is brilliant. But like in anyone particularly that RuPaul is on the headline of kind of becomes <clears throat> like RuPaul's definition of what he likes in drag. Um, mm. As opposed to kind of mm. allowing it to be more free. Well, that's why that's why I was surprised because this like I, I definitely think season one to three of Dragula was totally do what you want. This is you know free and where and I love that they've been saying that you know um uh you know art is subjective. Uh, drag drag is art and we'll judge yeah. you on how your drag relates to the competition. But then they're like as long as you're not wearing biscuit heels or the, yeah. those, or those stomper boots that uh, yeah. the hive was wearing. It's like yeah. okay, so you pick and choose. Do you a drag is subjective? Yeah. But if you wear those boots, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i guess like i think those club kid boots have kind of been something that has been 
like jeered at throughout Dragula. Like, is it one of the first or second seasons mm. where they have to perform in a club and they have this other drag queen who runs a sort of like horror spooked drag night? And she's like, I just hate anyone who comes in there in those boots. So it's it's like one of those, I think it's like an old road path of like, don't wear club kid boots on Dragula. <laughs> yeah. That's to be. It just, it seems <laughs> well established. I'm like, okay, Boudais, okay, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so who are you liking so far in season four? Ooh, um, I'm going to be very controversial and say on the whole, I'm a little bit underwhelmed. I don't know. If, I okay. don't know if this season has the power that season three had. Because when I think back, I could be that I'm viewing it like with rose colored glasses. But when you look at like front runners, like, um, like Landon and stuff, it was just like, there's no one that I'm going, oh, they're the, they are the winner for me right now. Um, yeah. I'm loving mm. Sigourney. I'm loving that Saint is back, and I'm loving that Dolly is back. And yeah. so, really, be mm-hmm. between the three of them for me. So that's my top three, more so. Uh, yeah, that yeah. I'd I'd agree with that. I think that they're the the top three, and they they're very obviously the the top three. And um, mm. I do think as well, like it's much less harmonious than than season um than season three was i think and you don't really have like bitter betty kind of brought the same thing like if you remember like it was a priscilla chambers in season three who like had this real like who just was had this warmth and had this journey throughout the season and kind of i think that bitter betty has sort of a similar vibe in that they're kind of the I don't think the mother of the season but there's like a bit but but also bitter betty then has this other side that comes out (laughs) That like kind of you're just like oh you're so lovely and charming and I love seeing you pop up with the talking heads but then also you're an absolutely awful person sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and I'm very surprised uh, with uh, Jade. I think she had a lot to prove when she came in. That because yeah. people only really remember her from season five and how many years ago yeah. is that now? Um, and honestly, mm-hmm. I know we'll get to it, but my favorite look of the episode was Jade's. I just thought she absolutely smashed okay. it. It was just like. And I know in the when they started to get down to the drama, people were, who was it? I think was it was it Zavaleta was saying it was it was cheap and it was pageanty yeah. and I, yeah, it was still beautiful, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The episode sort of opens up with Jade and Betty kind of at each other's throats over the Mary versus Sigourney situation from the week before, and I don't know, like, just overall this episode, like I'm I'm you know, team Sigourney Beaver, you know, till I die. So it was delighted she got a win, but I actually came out, like when this episode finished, I was pissed off at just the bickering and the childishness. And it kind of starts from the the start and goes pretty much all the way through, apart from the floor show when no one can talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved the, I loved the, it was yeah. a, a, they kind of did that fake out after the judging where it was, let's see how we got to this or what, what was it? The, you oh know, yeah, yeah. And I was there going, like, I know the last few seasons of Dragon have had drama, but at the I felt like the, at the centre of every episode was showcasing the artistry, whereas I really feel they might have, yeah. they, they've leaned more into the reality TV side of this season more, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I can absolutely. definitely tell there's times that they've, you know, when they, the, the girls come in or the dolls come in that they say, well, what do you, like, the producers would prompt them to start talking about things. You can clearly tell that. Yeah. So... I, I, it's feeling a bit overproduced, yeah. in my opinion, and they're like do, uh, donating so much time to the drama. Mm. Yeah, because it, it's interesting watching Dragula. They're like the production has like you, you sort of picking up on the style of where like they have a very kind of 
they have a window where they allow the drama in where they'll have kind of a particular type of music but then it's like there's a cut and it gets to that kind of serious sewing music and then they're talking to the people and they're talking really seriously <laughs> about it and it's like it's really kind of like okay the silly drama is done and now we're actually working on what's important but this but this <laughs> this in this season it feels like it, it's the drama and the kind of you know and actually like i think that dali is perfectly rep like dali is really yeah. representing i would think what all of us are feeling of like we don't care about this drama we're not yeah. interested like this mm. isn't even interesting or entertaining drama like this isn't like drama that i'm invested in in any way yeah. it's just kind of like you know unnecessary overblown kind of you know people who are being childish and you just are like stop it and let me just hear more about these queens their journeys what they're doing how they're like represented also i i am kind of a bit over this so like oh i'm not being bitchy i'd say it to your face and then saying something really horrible and like <laughs> people who are like saying i i could have like boxed saint when they were like oh i just feel like i'm better than yours according like i'm not being shady to you but i just think that this is better <laughs> and, this is, and it's like well it didn't fucking win did us you know no. Yeah, but at least Saint apologized to her later on. Yeah. You know, he <clears throat> did get the opportunity to be like, look, I'm really sorry this is all happening after your win. You should be celebrating. Which I think is the only bit of respect that Sigourney gets in the whole episode is that moment. Mm -hmm. And then a, a, like a hug from Dali. But Dali's like being pretty impartial yeah. with the whole thing. Yeah. I, think. I love that. Any, uh, well, I don't love it. But when you, uh, when you were looking at that end scene, I think the only way they could have edited the drama was by saying, well, let's look how we got here because it was like, you know, Sigourney's fighting with this person. Uh, Dali is pissed because, you know, no, not Dali. Sage is pissed because of this. Zavaleta and Jade are having to go. Bitter Betty's to do this. And they're bringing Mary's long gone and dead, but they're bringing her into it, you know? And it's... <laughs> And Hoso's standing in the corner swearing yeah. in Korean. Hoso's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it was like chaos. Hoso hasn't said two words since episode one is like human because they're, you know, they're not glamorous enough. And I'm like, and I love, I think it was, it was definitely uh, Dolly, but it might have been Dolly with, Dolly with someone else. I can't remember just being like, we're so over this. Like this, we don't need to be here for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that in the yeah, in the like so the bit where they came back in at the very beginning, like I think Dali and Hoso were kind of having a conversation where when there was all the bickering going back and forth, and they were like, "I just don't care about this. I really just." And I was like, "That that is exactly how I feel. It's like I'm here for the artistry. I'm here, like I'm here for a bit of drama. I like a bit of tension. It keeps you interested. Mm -hmm. But when it sort of overshadows." Like when what overshadows the the whole kind of like actual creative brief of the episode is like an argument between Bitter Betty and Jade about last week's extermination that both of them are claiming that they're over and don't care about. It's like, this is so child. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's moments as well where Hozo's like, I just didn't think Sigourney's look was that good, but I can say it to Sigourney's face if she wants. I'm sure Sigourney's <laughs> like, I'd rather not hear it. Thank you very much. <laughs> that don't you say it to well, my well, face. Happens, uh, and then just keep your mouth shut if you've nothing nice to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What what happens to drag is subjective? Yeah. <laughs> drag is subjective until we get to the boudoir or whatever. It is. Yeah, yeah. At the cauldron. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. And I then, do have to say though, like you know, I drag is subjective. I'm not here to judge your art. I'm here to judge it as it relates to the challenge. And the challenge was to do glamour. And like, oh, so that was not glamorous. Like that was like like that was it looked amazing i love that the makeup was like stunning spectacular but this wasn't the week for a look like that so i i just am like i kind of think that how could you be surprised when you look at what everyone else is doing that you are not like that you're not hitting that brief like i you know like i think hoso put herself in that position by not kind of choosing to listen to what the brief of the challenge was 
and I definitely think if, if yeah. there's a cultural aspect of that's what she sees as glamour, then that's absolutely more than fair. But you know, looking around the room, that it isn't, let's say, like Western glamour, then. Yeah. And you are running the risk mm. of either the judges or the, you know, or the other contestants being like, bitch, that's not glamour. So why was she surprised? I don't quite get. Yeah. I was trying to get to like the essence of what wasn't glamour about it. Okay, and whatever about the makeup, you know, probably wasn't you know, wasn't glamour makeup, but you could say as a Dragula lens. For me, it was the bald cap with the fetish pony. That to me was like felt the antithesis of, of glamour because I could felt like you could have worn that dress in another way and made it glamorous. So I could see where they were going with that. But it, uh, for me, it was the fetish pony that was I like... Looked, I loved it, but it, to me, it looked like she covered herself in spray adhesive and just ran around deals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was so funny that I'm like, that was... That, this is the character that we see when we get when we see her being a bitch because like in in the talking head where she's being like oh all coy and <laughs> stuff it's like you couldn't imagine her being this nasty but she is in this like sort of weird like i don't know pokemon version <laughs> yeah. of, of a monster also they, sure they did, but they in the, when they all had to do their lip sync bit they like were showing the different like there, there was a clip like literally just like a like a two second clip of Hosa's performance where she had like fully disrobed and was like running around mm. the stage like completely naked and I'm like this isn't glamour <laughs> like dirty yeah. feet running around the, the like stage you know like the the, the mm. like the children underneath the ghost of Christmas futures coat and the in the, <laughs> the Christmas carol like that's not glamorous no 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 and that's why Sigourney won. It was very uh, traditional glamour. Yeah. Very, very much. <laughs> Another thing in the cauldron that frustrated me was, you know, Betty being like, well, finally Jade like bites back and starts arguing with her. And then it's like, well, f- at least we get to see what sort of bitch you are and we don't like it. It's like, but that's lose, lose. Either I don't say anything and you call me sitting on the fence or else I bite back and then I'm being a bitch yeah. you don't like. Mm-hmm. like, like there's- I, have a, I have a feeling that if I was but- in a dressing room with uh, Bitter Betty, she'd just be wrecking the head off everyone, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, what way, Betty, would you shut up? Like, yeah. <laughs> One thing I did want to note, though, on the edit, which is in The Talking Head, Betty does mention that at one point Jade calls her an alcoholic. And we don't see that. And I wonder, you know, if we had seen Jade call her that, would we be less on Jade's side? Because, I mean, that's a pretty loaded thing to call somebody, I think, if it's not true or if it has been true in the past. Like, it's just a horrible wound to bring up. There's context as well, because I think this season, I think I heard this season, they're they're all living in a house or something together behind the scenes. Okay, okay. So Hmm. maybe in the evenings, they're allowed a few drinks and we don't know the context. Maybe they were all lit and said, bitch, you're an alcoholic. You've had two drinks more than me or whatever. You know, we don't know the context. Yeah. So um, that sort of thing, once it's set off camera. Nothing you say matters unless it's said on yeah, top of the camera. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> RuPaul's rules. <laughs> Rain. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's just jump back a bit to a few bits at the start. They have to look for the key in the boudoir. Jade finds it, which turns out to be pivotal later on. And then Jade gives us this like cringe-worthy seance of like predicting the most Vegas shit ever. And it's all you know deflated by uh Pretty good fisting joke from Les Avalette, I think, which, you know, sort of saves the scene. I did like that, yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt uh, unnecessary. I don't know about you guys. I just felt it was like, I, are we really doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was very much like it because I was I was like, I guess the 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 floor show was probably shorter than usual because it was just a lip sync to that song. So it was only like the, the like each 
performer wasn't getting their kind of like moment or something so maybe they had more time to fill I don't know because I was yeah. just like why have we done this and also it was so like obviously set up by the producers having all these lights and stuff and yeah mm. I was I was very confused by the whole thing I didn't understand it and I didn't like it and I wouldn't do it again well my- when I saw it I was I thought Oh, maybe Jade's going home and this is their like, oh, let's give give her something that we can laugh with Jade Jolie before she goes home. But then, no. So I don't know. Well, I was, I was trying to figure out what they were doing. I, I suppose my head went into, well, maybe this, if this was redone in a way, it could be a good basis for like a regular reading challenge. Like you've got to read each other's like futures, but like read the bitch, you know? Yes. Yeah. 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 That actually seems- would be, that actually would be a fun way of bringing something like that into us um, and giving us mm. something, some of the person, cause like that is one thing that the, the Dragula te- contestants aren't really tested in that like personality sort of or hosting role so much like it is an awful lot more about like it's performance and um like it's performance and, and like aesthetic is a huge part of it but we don't necessarily get to see them doing much of a like performance based like a like a, an acting style challenge or anything like that so it'd be interesting to see them like pushed in that direction yeah they do do acting i was just re- so i just I remember that the, they did one where the... they were all like running around in like a sewer thingy last year yeah I forgot about that. and there was the role play yeah. at- yeah, exactly. And then there's the also there was like a brief moment where they're interviewed on the red carpet, I guess. But yeah, there isn't like a hosting yeah. challenge. Yeah. You're fair about that, yeah. Uh, we get into the looks on the floor show this week. Um, who was your favorite, Lavender? Oh, I really I loved what I loved Sigourney's, and there was a reason she won. It was glam. I love I love how a simple piece of like chiffon fabric can go a long way when you're pretending to be a boat witch, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I definitely follow that suit myself. A bit of chiffon here and there, wonder, yeah. you know. Um, but I would say, yes, Sigourney, Sigourney was brilliant. I loved uh, Dolly's look. Um, and I was surprised Saint thought they were going to uh, be yeah. high. I thought it was a bit all over the place, to be honest. It wasn't a very clear concept to me, personally. Yeah, I found, I found Saint's one, I thought it, like, was very, like... like like big top ringmaster more so like I got that more off it than I did and I think like if it had been like like one of those like three corner like hats that like was more obviously a like a one that had a reference to like like the navy or to to, to say anything it might have had a more obvious kind of link or like one of the piratey hats or something but because it had the top hat I was like this feels like it's sort of like ringmastery especially with the cane um, and I did Oh, see, I got like Les Mis, Jean Valjean was the, the touch point I got, but then it didn't make sense with the wig. Yeah, the wig also was very in the face. So you, you weren't, yeah. and for a lip sync challenge as well, like as, as Hodor said, you know, we couldn't see a lip sync. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lavender, I meant to ask, did, uh, did you know that your drag, you know, mother or grandmother is Hodor, oh, yeah. being apparently Ireland's first drag monster? Yeah, twist of entry there. Yeah, yeah. Very, um, <laughs> Ireland's first drag monster uh, where? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> um, that's some claim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Um, obviously, it didn't work out if it biggest role with Hodor. Um, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is he Hodor doing extermination? Yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. to hold the door yeah. until, you know, he, he can't do it anymore. Yeah. Someone should tell him that like dragging a uh, a child around the Westeros or whatever it is doesn't actually count as a drag for... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, Sigourney was fantastic. And I thought, you know, whatever about, like, I thought it was interesting that they were coming for Sigourney for being too glamorous. It's like the inverse of what happens on Drag Race when there's a kooky queen there uh, for being weird. But I was thinking of all the weeks to come for you don't come for her when it's actually a glamour challenge. Yeah. Like, come on. It's like, you just give it glamour all the time. It's like, well, yeah, that, that's what I had to give you this <laughs> yeah. week. So come at me next yeah, week. Well, come at me when I'm glamorous on a horror challenge. Then we'll then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of um, Jade versus Zavaleta? Because Zavaleta was saying Jade was cheap, whereas I actually thought Zavaleta faded into the background and I love Jade's outfit so much more. I thought it was ironic. Com- completely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Liz Avaletta was like, all you do is stir shit, which is like, well, that's literally what I, you do. Yeah. So it was pure deflection. <laughs> I, I didn't actually enjoy Zavaletta's like energy, we'll say. Like very kind of like smart arsey, very sort of like muttering under the breath, kind of like that's sort of like, oh, like just that sense of like a pissed off person who really was sick of everything. And it was like, it, it just sort of like, I, you know, it made me dislike them quite a bit more. And I, I was sort of like hoping that maybe they would end up going home because we saw them in week one where they were kind of like very self-confident, which is a great thing to be. But you need to be self-confident in a way that celebrates everyone, not like puts people down. And that mm. was back again this week. It was kind of this sense of like, I should be in the top, even though I really thought that like they looked very depressed in their performance and even like yeah. slouched over in the in the way they were they were kind of like, on the runway or whatever or on the or on the main stage so i i didn't enjoy them at all in this episode like i know people don't necessarily get into drag because they're like the most well-rounded individuals with all of their problems sorted out. <laughs> yeah. but i'm looking at this season going if they had to pay for therapy i'd say the bill would be through the fucking roof because <laughs> yeah. with these contestants, I'm like, I like, I, I auditioned for this season, and thank the Lord, I didn't get like anywhere near it. Because if I was in a room <laughs> with, with these fuckers, I'd be there going, I just want a fig roll and a cup of tea. Can, I just, <laughs> can that be the extermination challenge, please? <laughs> I just be like, I don't know what's going on, lads. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even as Avaletta on the runway when they were told, oh, your concept wasn't as clear or wasn't as big as the other contestants, they said, oh, yeah, no, I agree. So then to come from the point of view of being like, you know, just coming straight for Jade, I think it's just hurt people, hurt people with them. I think they're mm. feeling insecure and they just attack it, whoever they see. And I think there's probably times that we don't see of them being particularly nice and funny and witty. But in this case, you can't say it's purely just a bad edit because they seem to you know they seem to really go for people whenever they're when they're cornered they kind of respond with a a, like a huge amount of anger and frustration and but they kind of acknowledge that in the second or second or third episode about the fact that like then like they aren't able to take criticism very well um and that Mm. that does cause them to like fly off the handle and so obviously that's just that coming out because i mean if you think of the zavaleta like the the difference week to week has been enormous like that weird wild west look that they did was Mm beyond phenomenal it was like one of the best looks that's been on this season and then you see this look and it and the one the first week and it's kind of just like you know a bit more consistent and you get between then like like dali who just or sigourney as well who are just so consistent right through us mm-hmm. and it just separates the pack out then to where like well these are obviously the ones who are going to be getting to that yeah. finale and these other filler ones are going to fall along the way yeah, well, I like a bit of drama, but yeah. it just seems like there's a there's uh, Zavaleta and a few others. Just there seems to be so much emotional immaturity, and I think yeah. you can see it with um, 
maybe like Dolly is the top there in terms of she seems to have her shit together. She knows what she's selling. She's back there um, just being bringing the best version of herself and not yeah. getting into any shit. And I'm like, why isn't everyone else doing this? Because that's how you win. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sigourney's trying to, but it's because she's the target of a lot of the scorn. She gets annoyed and hurt and, and lashes back. But I would say she just that's what she wants to be at. But because she keeps getting picked on, she ends up being dragged yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't get why anyone why people are really picking on her. Like I know there was theories that it's, you know, there's a bit of misogyny going on because she's a woman in drag, but I don't know. She just I don't we don't really see her doing anything that's <clears throat> That, well, that's yeah. it. Like, if if she's doing anything to, if she's doing anything to deserve all of this, like fury that's being directed her way, we're certainly not being shown it, which would make make you believe yeah. like that 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 it's like that it's not playing out in that way, and it, it is like it would th- those particular people would want <laughs> to question their the reasons for for their like this like default dislike of Sigourney, um, yeah. And they can't say it's because she gives glamour every week because they had an issue with her from day one. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't stand for me. Would you have used the key to save yourself or would you have put someone in the bottom? Ooh, I th- I'm going to think with my producer hat on and I would keep myself for another week, even if I knew I was doing well or not. Regardless of where I was placing in that episode, yeah. I, would, mm-hmm. I would do it to save myself because I know that's another episode of me in the can another yeah. week to to yeah. promote myself on social media and to keep pushing my brand. So I, I think with my marketing hat on, I wouldn't have put uh, Betty in the bottom. <laughs> it was like, she was going to be there anyway, girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Jade did it because I think she knew that people were thinking she was being safe and she was being pageanty. And I think she was like, this was her attempt to show that she's a badass bitch and a drag monster that she was going to cut throat and just put someone on oh, the bottom of her, used, her rival. I guess that's why she Using a prop key to put someone on the bottom. Wow, you badass bitch. Oh, I'm so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scared, James. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, but I thought out of the three in the bottom, Betty was... did the best in the challenge. Oh, in the f- the photograph challenge? No, no, in the actual I challenge. Thought, I thought her look was I also good. loved the reference to the, the people coming off the ship in the Ghostbusters movie. Like that, like always is one of my mm. favorite scenes when like the Titanic arrives and it like I, I loved that and I thought it was a really fun reference. I did think she did. She definitely did the best in the lip sync. Yeah, absolutely. Even if she did. Well, we didn't see her like flubbing the lyrics. So obviously the, the boulets saw that and they would have been judging it on, on mm. that side of things. Um, I thought she also did the best in the photograph and the extermination though. Like yeah, she definitely she, like she looked the most compelling. And also, they did not describe the extermination properly. They were like, "You're going to be submerged underwater, and we're going to use a super special camera to take photos of you." And it was just a fucking photo shoot on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> you can't worse exterminations on Dolly Mount, like fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a day. In, that was a beach trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was basically just going dogging, I guess, you know, on Dolly Mount's We have a 99 afterwards. This is lovely. <laughs> <clears throat> and up until this point, like James and I have been saying, it's like, I felt like the person who did the week, the worst in the challenge has gone home each week. And for me, that person was Hozo, I guess. Yeah, um, she should have gone, I think. So I think based on this episode alone, Hozo should have gone. But I do really like what she's brought to the competition overall. So I could see in terms of overall performance, I could see why she was saved, but... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt, even though she was being portrayed as the villain this week, I kind of was sad Betty went. Yeah. Well, I like I like her, but I I think maybe it was her time. 
on the whole, I'm finding the um, the exterminations very underwhelming. It's, it's yes, when you think about like last season with like people like having to like staple money to themselves and like you yeah. know jumping out of airplanes and getting tattoos that they have no control over, it's like yeah. where where like the only one that. Well, the old, like the one with the elect the, the electric shocks, I think was you know that was kind of like oh god, like that would be one that I wouldn't enjoy. Was at the same time, it wasn't really testing anything because it was just like you know like the Simpsons t- like electrical therapy thing that they yeah, and that was yeah. that wasn't a, a set that they had purpose built. That looks like they had gone to some sort of fairground ride or some sort of experience you can buy. You know, yes, yeah, um, <clears> and <throat> they were like, well, look, we have four crossdressers that we need to book in for the three o'clock. Electrician, <laughs> extermination next week will be in the escape room and um, in like in, <laughs> yeah. underneath Token and Smithfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you have one meal, I thought it was a know. class. You say one, you're like one meal deal, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say a class act on Sigourney, not shocking mary at all was like i'm this stupid petty rivalry that you've established for me i'm not going to even play your game i'm not going to shock you i'll let you shock me every single time i thought i was like wait you know i thought that was class actually from, mm-hmm. from her but yeah i agree they've been a bit meek but to be honest the extermination is always my least favorite part so i didn't really mind like what what would be your most dreaded extermination if you got cast in the show well i suppose, I suppose the sort of drag i do i like to, when I do a number, I like it to almost feel like an extermination. Like I've voluntarily done staple numbers myself and done, you know, things with hearts and guns and all sorts, you know, just because that's more fun. So when they were like, mm. what would you be terrified of? I'm like, I don't know, do me taxes? That might be the worst. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> give me a staple gun left, right and center. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. And then I'd be the, I'd be, Honestly, I'd be the uh, like if you're not in the bottom end, they, they describe what the, the extermination is. And if it was a good one, I'd be like, can I do it? Like, can we, yeah. like just because I think so, it's a great opportunity to like show yourself as a fucking monster. Like, why not? I think my yeah, uh, my you. my most feared extermination would be to have to get er- an early morning commute where a vague acquaintance you know ends up sitting beside you, <laughs> and you have to <laughs> make and and there's a delay. Yeah, yeah, you have to make conversation with them for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> you spend the first 20 minutes trying to remember who they are yeah, yeah you're, you're like i know i know you i know i know you and we have to like we have to like maintain this conversation without any sort of specific details <laughs> how is your uh, general loved ones in general yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh so before we let you go Davina, who is going to win who's going to win i think this is dolly's season if they don't win I would be very disappointed and surprised. They're, they're a drag super monster and they, they yeah. deserve to win. Yeah, I, I would I would see it's either them or Sigourney for me, but I, I think that the way that they're able to embody their own character and every single challenge has just been spectacular. So I'm also rooting for Dolly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lavender, thank you so much for joining us. I want to let people know where people can watch you staple things to yourself <laughs> yeah. and, you know, do all those other monstrous yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, Not safe for work is what I should say. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Lavender the Queen, and I'm usually promoting my gigs there. You can catch me in the George every few weeks or months or so when the slot comes up and uh, all sorts of stuff happening around Dublin. So watch me yeah. do mental shit again, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
That's it. Cur- currently performing in the in the Georgia at like six o'clock in the evening in order to be able yeah, to yeah, like yeah. have the nightclub experience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> exactly. Does yeah. an antigen test at the start of the lumber and then like checks the result. <laughs> <by> the <end. laughs> that's it. That's it yeah. uh, Thank you so much cool, for chatting to us. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Um, brilliant. so this will be this is out in our um subscriber feed on on Wednesday, and we'll have Wednesday. Putting, putting some stuff up. And gorgeous, yeah, thank you, thank you. And if you are watching any of the the if you if you do get back around to any of the the main drag race uh, stuff next season, let us know. We'd love to have you on for a proper episode as well. Oh, gorgeous, yeah, yeah. No, I kind of I don't watch the um. I haven't watched like Holland or Italy or France or, or is France even out? I've kind of, I'll do UK and Soon. I'll do any of the US ones just about. After that, I'm like, oh, for God's sake, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you you need to be like canonized at this point. Drag yeah, canonized. That's it. That's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping for one day. Services to drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to be on a makeover challenge where they make that, that is all I'm looking for. That is all I'm looking for in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the year is 2025. There's 18 episodes of Drag Race a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know. We're, yeah, we're just doing we're just doing a live recording, constantly talking, constantly talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, girl, yes. <laughs> Drag Race Serbia is hosted by Michelle's tits, you know, at this point. It's just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay so that's dragula done thank you Yantiki lavender for coming on the show over to italia this week's episode is called ciao italia and we got to meet our eight italian queens who entered the workroom this week this season actually only has six episodes i mean i'm so there must be a a double a limb i guess coming soon I'm okay with yeah. it too, to be honest. Will it be wrapped by yeah. Christmas? Um, it must be, yeah. So what? We t- that's 18, 25th to 9. Yeah, be wrapped by Christmas. So not too bad. Uh, what was your first impression? Oh, I don't want to be mean. But so my first impression was not amazing. Like, I, like I... I felt like no one stood out in in a way where I was like really really excited to kind of see and like you know I suppose if you look at any of the other international franchises there's always been that queen who's walked in that you kind of know is going to take the crown right from the beginning so like Carmen Farrell in Spain and um the Vivian in UK and you kind of get that sense of like right kind of this is a, an established performer who's here to kind of set the tone for what this kind of is going to be and I find it very difficult to figure out who that was like maybe a Norma Jean a, a, li- a little bit that's who I got it from a Norma Jean until we saw the shit stirring in the in yeah the but also I just was like that none of the like none of the runway looks like and I know it's always hard with like a uh, like a, I'm, I'm doing like a DIY maxi challenge. I kind of they they can't kind of show their best. So basically, I'm a little underwhelmed. But I'm going to wait until next season, next week, to make a, a full sort of uh, kind of decision on a base and the fact that we haven't seen any of them turning their own looks. But the entrance looks left me underwhelmed. Yeah, overall, it gave me exactly what I was expecting. 
you know, and I think it lacks that Ugasio Cucciente exactly. wow moment. That's exactly what I was saying. Like it was Ugasio. We in, in like episode one of Drag Race Spain, we had Carmen Ferrella that you knew was going to be the front runner. You had Ugasio, who you were knew mm. was going to bring you amazing looks on the runway, and then you had and I always say the name wrong, Atraxa and Traxa. Arantxa, Arantxa, who you were like, I love this person. This human being is absolutely brilliant. So it was like instantly you had those three. And I would say like, if you go to any of the other ones, you'd be able to like similarly kind of pick out the people who are filling those roles. Whereas in this, you know, Ivana, I found very compelling viewing. I love the story about the parents. So I did like them. Um, But... I, I uh, maybe I'm just bowled over by his cute bow look, but Farida Kant is somebody who I'm Farida, intrigued by. Farida like, Kant as well, know. I was intrigued by, but none, no one really. Ivana and Farida actually were the two that I was kind of was like, okay, I'm I'm actually interested. I don't really like what Enorma's giving me, so I'm not really interested in it. Like I, I kind of was like, I know mm. I can feel that you're going to be pushed on us, but I'm don't I don't want us. I also think there could be room for avant-garde to impress us. I didn't see it in this episode. I thought they were lucky to be safe. But I watched the Meet the Queens and kind of some of the, the reaction talking head. I was like, okay, you could be you could be somebody we'll 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 get to know yeah. a bit later on. And as soon as Lucisha Labamba came in, I was like, you won't be here for long. Yeah. But now the reaction of the Queens, because I didn't do any research into this, and sometimes you do. If are they a like, like are they a well known queen in Italy? Yeah, Lakeisha. Not that I know of. The only person I I heard someone be like, I can't believe Avantgarde is here. So that was the one they seemed <clears throat> impressed by. And based on what um, Enorma Jean says, she seems to be somebody who's impressed. But um, yeah, no, no I, I thought they were. I didn't get impressed by them. I I got. I thought they were scoffing at yeah, her. Yeah, so was there, was, there was kind of a... Um, she said something about how she was like Italy's highest paid drag queen or something as, like when she walked in and I was oh. like, that's interesting. And then some of them were like, oh, look, bitch, it's you. And then there were kind of like saying, oh, like, oh, the beard is over. So I was wondering if maybe like they're kind of a Conchita style performer or something that there is more to them. But mm. like in this episode, I actually, I quite enjoyed the look that they gave the the like harlequin thing i think that they would have been better like having the hair back so that there wasn't quite so much around the face to like kind of make everything so like to sort of make them kind of fade away but i what the clown was it, like i think if they were going to have the clown hat thing that came over the eye i thought that was going to be everything but i think if they had the wig and yeah. the hair back then it would have kind of made more space so you weren't sort of losing their face entirely with the roof and the wig and the hat and mm. But, but I, I just thought that the hat was good, but too much of the same material in the bodice just lo- it lost all its shape. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's again, like uh, none strange. of the. So first of all, the can we talk about the the the, the photo shoot? Um, oh, this will this will end on for far it, too like, long. First of this episode was like an hour and a quarter long, and I'm yeah. like like like. The gall. Yeah, absolutely. The cheek, the nerve, like, the audacity, had, and the, the gall, the had, gumption, the rest like, of it. They had like a 20 minute like entry bit where they all walked in, then they went and they did like 20 minutes of fucking this photo shoot. And then they came back and there was like really long, protracted kind of like the judges talking to them all about how they weren't going to let the Americans themselves down against the Americans. And then there's like the, the actual maxi challenge this week, I didn't like, I know it was kind of like 
it was sort of a riff on the Canadian one, which I had really enjoyed, where it was like the different Canadian stereotypes and like, or the different Canadian regions. And like people were assigned like, you know, material based on that region or that stereotype and they had to make. Were they different regions? No, they weren't. I thought they just. Sorry, they weren't. Yeah, because I thought it was like, how Italian is this that they're like, oh yeah, you can just give out those suitcases. And they had to describe them as like, oh yeah, that brown leather, like attache case, give that to them. And then that wicker basket, it was just like any other, like I struggled to be able to describe those briefcases. (laughs) indistinctly from each other but the Italians were like oh yeah of course yeah, give me that suede one over there, yeah. there. Like, I just thought that was so but, stupid like, I, I was like I, the the challenge itself was like Italian style like that was the the kind of the thing and basically they there was like seven boxes or whatever or eight boxes and the boxes had different coloured and different types of fabric in it but I was really like why couldn't you have done like kind of the different provinces of Italy or like different like mm-hmm. moments of Italian history like why not do like a really direct and I know they're making it for an Italian audience so like they're not making it necessarily for an international audience but like something that like is more obviously celebrating like different people like rather than kind of just like but it seems like the mini challenges are all going to have a have a city theme because this week we're going to Venice I was like wow Okay, there's a gondola. You know, I, that's not adding anything. So what you're saying there would have actually added something, I think, if, if they want to... Because, you know, the formation of Italy was just emerging of loads of city-states and they all have their own identities and stuff. So I think, yeah, absolutely it would have made sense for them to do something like that. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> now, I, I don't know them well enough. I don't know if they all have their own in like distinct style. But, like, you know... Put a pizza in your head and say you're from Naples. Like it's it's isn't that somebody basically? <laughs> I was like, isn't that what a Norman Jean did? Like literally, it was just like, <laughs> hey, I've got a pizza on my head, cowabunga, dudes. Um. So in 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 a former life, I uh, I used to be a tour guide for Italian students who came to Dublin um, and showed them around our, our steep, rich history of look, there's pennies. That's what they're most excited about. So I know a bit about Italy, and I know that there's a big divide. Not a big divide, but there's like a there's an, a rivalry between the North Italy and South Italy, similar enough to like yeah. the UK, but kind of reversed, where Northern Italy is sees Southerns as as lazy and unproductive, and the Southerners see the North as stuck up and unfriendly. Um, so I was interested to see where all the queens are from, and they actually have a four four North and South divide. So I wonder will that come into play throughout Ooh. the season? Well, I would say that none of them can consider themselves to be like the like hardworking kind of great I basically it's just gonna be mean because I was like none of their looks are amazing they're all lazy um and Farida Farida worked the hardest and she was in the set so there goes that stereotype um but no for the for the actual uh for the the overall challenge I just didn't really understand like it, it just like it was just like a it would like it just it just was a, a, a like a, a make your own outfit or like it was just a sewing challenge but there was no like concept or theme within the things. And it just, I just, I felt like that was a bit of a missed opportunity mm. for me. I would have preferred if they tied it in more to like different areas, but perhaps they aren't distinct enough or didn't feel that they were distinct enough that they could make them, um, that they could make them into to eight different things. I'm not, maybe that could be it. Yeah. Um, but we should really talk about, because like if one thing that we apparently know about Italians is they are very emotional Mm-hmm. There was a lot of crying. Impassioned. There was a lot of there was a lot of tears. Like, and particularly now, let's get into this. We do realize that there is like a, a problem with sort of toxic masculinity 
in Italy, there is like a huge amount of anti-LGBT sentiment over there. It's not kind of a space that like is like perhaps as progressive as other places in the EU or in Europe. So I do think the conversations around like it, it was like noticeable that the conversations around people, like the number of the queens who like hadn't told their parents who were drag queens, hadn't told their, their parents that they were gay, like mm. the number of them who had like even people who had been estranged from their families or whose families like didn't want any parts of their lives. Like it was notable the like amount of them in this room compared to any other franchise on the drag thing and so the the really quite moving conversations that they were having about sort of like I think it was Ivana talking about how their father had like basically kicked them out and they weren't able to be like they would want to and their mother had then just decided that they were going to like stick with the father and like Ivana basically saying you're losing a son because of this decision and I was just like like it was very moving but just a loss in the yeah. first episode but they all had their own one. Even Divinity being like, you know, my dad died when I was 13. So, you know, amend those friendships yeah. or, you know, that erasure while you can. Like, there was yeah, a Larish lot. and Farida both talking about how their parents didn't know. Um, and then Lumbaba, I'm not going to. Or Labamba, Labamba, I think it is. Uh, talking about like their grandmother making like the only kind of positive one was to like to talk about their grandmother making, mm. but never addressing the fact that they were gay, like making the stuff, but never talking about the sexuality or the stuff. So it was like like it was very full on. Um for... yeah. and actually this came up for me because I did do some research. I just didn't research the queens. I researched the guest judges, and I remember when this season with franchise was announced. There was some controversy about that man, Tommaso Zorzi. Um, so I looked up the Reddit thread and they said, you know, that he, I, they linked me to some clip that I couldn't understand because it was Italian. But basically they said he was racist and fascist and embedded politicians and biphobic, I think is what they said. So I asked my friend, who's Italian, she told me that he's quite famous over in Italy. Um, the lady, Chiara, not so famous. Uh, he does, he kind of does the reality TV circuits. He's been trying to be famous for a while. He recently won Celebrity Big Brother. So he seems to be kind of the most famous person there. And in that Reddit thread as well, they were saying, we don't, some, I mean, this is some anonymous troll on Reddit, right? But they were like, we don't need another racist country giving us another drag race like Down Under was bad enough. And I was asking my friend as well, you know, is, is TV very conservative over there? And she said, yes, they still do blackface. Recently, uh, one of the most popular presenters in the country came was chatting on live TV and said that they're against abortion, even though abortion has been legal in the country for years. So I was thinking watching that, that, you know, maybe drag race is what Italy needs right now. Maybe it's exactly what it needs. And even if we get somewhat problematic characters on it i think the fact that we're going to get these queer stories told in a country that obviously you know doesn't get it told a lot yeah. is going to be no absolutely and i suppose like even if you, you think about the, the like the the lack of any um like yeah black, diver, like any black, lack of any kind of like diversity in the in the lineup as well it obviously shows that it's a it's a country like it had the it has a very dated feeling like it all felt very season one of us like there was even that like mm. kind of vaseline lens on the um that sort of vaseline lens on the the camera they like kind of faded out like it all had a feeling of something it felt almost as if it, i was watching something that had been made in the early noughties or like you know like it yeah. was it was weirdly kind of dated by comparison to the other versions of the franchise we've seen so hopefully for the mm. people of Italy who need to see and learn these stories and start getting more out of the, the experiences of queer people, they will take something out of it. But yeah, 
overall yeah. for me it was it was a strange mix that i didn't really mm. enjoy and let me clarify as well on your man Tommaso. um my friend had hadn't heard any of these accusations about him so i don't know where they yeah. come from and maybe and maybe he's he's racist and biphobic and a fascist by nature of just being on tv in italy so we don't i don't know how well founders are or how racist he could be um so, the other thing i forgot to mention in the mini challenge was that they won a piece of jewelry by astrolab whose uh whose catchphrase is if it shines it's astrolab <laughs> which, I, which i loved <laughs> if it shines it's astrolab I must have taken notes. I missed that. Yeah, so. um, how did you find Priscilla? A very handsome out of drag. And mm. I suppose a handsome was... woman in drag as well. Yeah, we, we also just say to Jean yeah. vibe. It's like, you know, that's a man, Mary, yeah. but like, fine, we're going with it. Apparently they, I looked them up as well. They perform a lot in Mykonos and they've been on Greece. has got talent and stuff as well. So they seem to have a bit of an international yeah. reputation, but... Yeah, you don't get, uh, well, I suppose it's only been one episode. I haven't got that motherly vibe from them yet. It's kind of been mostly Tommaso who's been doing all the interactions with the queens. Yeah, and I, I do think that they're, like, I, I think that developing that kind of, developing that rue position or that RuPaul position for the, the like, host of the show, I think is quite important. So I think they, they are going to need mm. to, like, they are going to need to make sure that they kind of put Priscilla front a bit more um and like show them kind of like having because even like in the walkthroughs like having the other guy there and kind of like leading with him and his things like it just yeah you didn't feel like you got to know priscilla really like i don't and yeah i don't know like i don't know they're all going to be chasing to catch up with fred in my opinion even though oh fred fred's now the leader because it was supreme for a while you fred's no fred always is the leader for me no, not when we were doing Spain. You you were like, no, Supreme is better than Fred. I remember because I I was team. No, Fred. I'm you definitely. I've always been team. I I might be gaslighting you mm. right now, but I don't mean to be. Roll back. The I tapes. don't mean to be gaslighting you, but no, I think like in terms of like presenting ability and kind yeah. of like holding the show together, Fred has been like out in front of any of them. Even Brooklyn, I would say Fred is 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 better than. Uh, it's just mm. maybe Fred doesn't have better material to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said going in Spain it was pretty close between the two of them but season season two of Holland Fred is streets yeah. ahead now they've really found yeah, their yeah, groove yeah, yeah. I think but yeah no you're right have to catch up with Fred absolutely um, do you want to will we chat through the the actual looks um, I thought Electra's paper sort of feathers in the Italian colours looked quite nice and I thought it was an interesting twist that Ivana was actually in the top because she's like, I thought I was in the bottom and I think if it was US, she would yeah. have been in the bottom. But they were like, but it's a very well-made garment and she gave us character, so she's in the top, which is something that we find over in the US that they don't actually... No, I, I was surprised that, like, I got very confused because first of all, like, only having two, like, having four queens, like, called out as, like, two tops, two bottoms, it meant that there wasn't really, like, I don't know, like, it was obvious if you were mm. in the top, I don't know. Here's where I'm going to go. Actually, I find it very confusing that they let them know you're in the tops and you're in the bottom and then go backstage and then we're going to talk and then we're going to bring you back and we're going to have made the decision about who it is that's going to be in the top or, the, or who's lip syncing. Like they already like, yeah, like the two bottoms will already have been lip syncing. We'll, we'll know that they're lip syncing. You know I mean, like, well, no, yeah, I don't know. I do. 
It only works in a scenario like this where you have somebody who's unclear if they're in the top or the bottom, like Ivana and yeah. Divinity. So Farida knew she won, and I assume that um, Lucretia knew she was in the bottom. It was just the other two could have been yeah. either of them, I guess. But yeah, that won't always no, be the case. No. Um, but yeah, I I like I, I mean I've, Ivana definitely I think is is the, currently that like the queen of the talking head looks like Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> I got I got penetration, peni- giving me full <laughs> penetration, penetration, very penetration silhouette. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that the the emotions yet again coming out in the uh, in the 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 untucked section as well. There was an awful lot of kind of. Like just so much passion there, but I didn't understand where it was coming from. This like Slayer. Well, apparently I was told this that I was just like, "What is going on?" Well, actually, one of our um, one of our followers uh, wrote to us and said that actually it's and and I think there was kind of true. It just sounded like there was a lot going on, but they didn't actually seem to be that emotionally involved. I think it's just the Italian way of having two conversations at the same time that they were both like talking to each other and responding to what each other was saying. But it was interesting looking at the body language that they were all gathered around the couch. By the end of it, they were all on one side, apart from a Norma Jean that was left on the couch on the opposite side. So, yeah, I don't know what game she's playing. She's trying to Lazavaletta it up, but uh, it's. I'm interested to see how that how that develops because she was not in a position to be critiquing the other queens based on what. No, she definitely wore. not. I did not like what she wore at all. Farida definitely was like the like the like the clear out and out winner 100 like clear out and out winner yeah um and i think and even like lareach was like well, i found spaghetti in my box gonna have to wear that in my hair and i was like that that is that not offensive like i know it's fine you're, you're in your own country you can do we can wear potatoes if you want but it's like if someone was like what in italy are they just putting pasta in their hair and then you'd see that I, I, they are like, yeah oh, they actually shit. are <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, I just, uh, strange. Did you think Divinity deserved to be in the bottom? Kind of. And I was also glad, kind of what you were saying as well about like how in the US season things would be judged differently because I think that on the US version, Divinity would have been in the top. Like because mm. it would have been like, oh my God, we love it. It's so daring, so risky, very like, you know, um, Violet Jatchke. Like I liked that they were kind of like, your, you know, your Christmas present is lacking any substance. You know, I I, I mean, it shows that maybe yeah. like personality and performance is going to be more what they're looking for. Um. So yeah, I I. Yeah, I I just I, none of the looks like there could have been an argument made for any of the queens, with the exception of Farida, to have been in the bottom. Like like I <laughs> yeah. I did like Ava Hanger. I'd say not Electra. I'd yeah, not, not Electra. Electra. I think I the tops for me would have actually been Electra. And uh, and Frida because I thought that that was like a yeah like that first of all was the only one that I very like and I guess like my I have a more limited understanding of what like Italy is therefore I see the Italian flag and think oh great that's Italian but you know I mean obviously there was was it <laughs> you were living for the past was it enormous you're like work bitch spaghetti <laughs> was Norma the one who wore the the pizza on her head <laughs> so, yeah yeah <laughs> another obvious Italian restaurant. <laughs> But it was so messy. So, so messy. Oh, God. I'm looking forward to seeing um, the actual brought from home looks next week. That is, yeah. and that'll be a, an interesting uh, guide as to how the season's going to Yeah. Gonna so if you, were, if you were sitting here now surrounded by candles doing a Jade Jolie style seance, who seance. do you think we will be seeing lasting into the season? I think Norma Jean's here to stay. I think... Uh, Ava 
avant-garde is here to stay. And I want Electra Bionic to win simply because she's from Turin and that's where Eurovision is next year so that I can kind of go and see her. Very there. exciting. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Frida, Iva- Ivana is the only one who I feel invested in. Ivana is the only one that oh, true. I feel invested in. I, I think Farida is going to get a Ugasio sort of mid-table, like great looks, but yeah. maybe out. Um, very cute as yeah. a boy though. And oh yeah, Ivana, I, I I think she's actually one of my, she's my favorite. But I'm just used to how the show deals because, with yeah. plus size funny people. Yeah, uh, I yeah, I would I would be um, unsurprised if that's. In the words of Mika, big girls, you are early <laughs> outs. <laughs> and can we talk about like the unnecessary double chante? <sighs> it's like see you later now, bye 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 bye. Oh, hold on. Asher, st- Asher, Asher, why not? This is the first why episode not? of Drag Race Italy. We should celebrate together, all of us. You're part of the family. I'm like, you know, maybe a ninth queen was meant to show up and didn't bother, and they were like, well, <laughs> yeah. It just was strange. Like it, 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 like it was a bit of the Candy Muse situation, which was like. Oh, this this was under no means a double chante. Like you deserve to go. I'm just we're just not sitting here. And you know what? I like I yes. I I mean uh, for Candy Muse in that moment, I'm kind of glad because Candy was such an important part of season thirteen. In this moment, I'm like I don't think that this sort of like I don't think that that this queen is going to give us much more. Like I feel like this is like just putting off the inevitable until next week. Yeah, and even in the trailer for next week, it looks like they're get stage fright or something so yeah the way they're like we're sit, just saying goodbye sitting, next week sitting backstage by the craft service table being like oh my god I'm, I'm i shouldn't be here and you'd rather be gone too soon than overstay absolutely you would absolutely you would um but yeah right. there we go well that's it that's an hour and 20 minutes of our finest drag race critiquing <laughs> thank you for it for listening um hopefully we covered the seasons you know in as much detail as you would hope uh and we'll be back next week to do it and remember if it sparkles it's after love (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll be back next week bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.